Here we go. We got a young man coming up here by the name of Joel Nunez. Come on up. Uh, well, good morning to everyone. It's so good to uh, be back. And um, as I was just praying and asking God uh, what he wanted me to share today. All right, so, so yeah, I was asking God just what, what he wanted me to you know, speak of, and it's so cool. I love how God does that, you know, just what God was stirring up in Joshua and the worship team, which was about God's glory. And that, that's what um, I'm going to be sharing about today. And so uh, the, the verse that, that really God highlighted for me um, is Psalms 3.3, 3. and it's so cool how God will highlight a verse and then just give this profound meaning, you know, from it. It's just one verse, but it's just so rich in depth. And also just realizing that God's scripture is inspired by his Holy Spirit. And it is just amazing what, what God wrote through King David, right, in the Psalms. And so Psalm 3.3, many of you might be familiar with it. Some of you might have even sang songs of it in, in church like I did. And it says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. And you might be wondering, it's like, oh, well, great, great verse, um, but what's the big deal about it? Um, but I, I feel that the key and is glory, the word glory, and, and today in the worship time, that was what was highlighted. We kept on singing about God's glory. And so hopefully, um, just with what I share, it really inspires you of why we sing and why we keep singing about God's glory. We praise, we worship, and you might be like, all right, I already sang that line several times. I'm ready for the next one or whatever. But hopefully this will just inspire you to, to you know, um, God, God is always about renewing our minds, right? It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, right? Not conforming, but transforming. God transforming our mind. And so um, I'll just give you the definition of glory, right? It says, glory is a high renown, it's an honor won by notable achievements. Yeah? And then some synonyms of glory are fame, prestige, honor, distinction, kudos, eminence, acclaim, and praise. And so when you think back uh, to just, you know, back in the medieval times, back in the times of, you know, the Bible, even like Jericho, right? Um, people built these big walls, right? They built these big cities that had water, which was really important, right? They, they required food, um, storehouses, right? That was, that was the glory of the king to be able to have um, this protection, right? And so going back to Psalm 3.3, right? It's, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. And so when you look at the contrast, David in the Psalms is saying, God is a protection, Right? But when you look at the way things you know, are done, and even um, just some of the things that we do because you know, we, we live in a fallen world, is we are looking to build up our protection. Right? We, we nowadays don't have a castle, but um, we have maybe a 401k. Uh, we have our home, you know, equity in our home. Um, we have maybe you know, our you know, degree that we have, our trade. Um, you know, there's so many different things that, that we um, use as, as our protection. It's what, what makes us feel comforted, that things are okay, right? And, and sometimes, you know, it might be a relationship. It might be your spouse. It might be, um, you know, your children. You know, just there, there's a variety of different things that, that we do uh, to protect ourselves both, you know, physically emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially, and um, there's nothing wrong with this, you know. There, there's nothing wrong at all. Um, but one of the things that, that we do with the things that protect us is we talk about them, right? They become our glory because it's something that, that gives us protection, and therefore we're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm my job or my career, you know, I just got a promotion, and, and we're proud about it. We, we speak of it. It comes out naturally. Um, but God is looking to give us a new perspective, right? 
and, and for that glory to be transferred over to God. And the, the next part of the verse says that he is our glory and then the lifter of our heads. He's the one that wants to lift our heads from what we see here in the physical and the natural to what he's wanting to do. And so one of the things that, that you know, just kind of getting into a just practical example with, you know, our glory is oftentimes in relationships, um, we, we're looking for our glory, right? And, and it's something that we, we do subconsciously. And it actually, a few weeks ago, my wife and I were dealing with a little situation, very silly, you know, something got burned and I, I wasn't happy. <laughs> um, and, and I realized after the conversation, which never turns out good when you are not grateful, even if things don't turn out the way you expect, um, that the conversation, even though I might have been right about something, um, if it's not for God's glory, it, it breaks relationships. And it is so much less than what God has for us. And so I feel that, that one of the things that, that God wants to do and, and really was highlighting in worship today was changing from this mindset of our glory to God's glory. And, you know, I was, as I was, um, actually God woke me up early this morning and, and I was just praying and, and God gave me just a few more things, you know, regarding it and Actually, I have a lot of notes here, but I'll try to condense it down. But um, they're trying to get our glory um, is something that really not only limits us, but it's also the first fall happened when Satan tried to take the glory that God deserved. And, and it's also something we need to be so village, vigilant about because when we try to take that glory that God deserves, it is the open door for us to fall <laughs> because everything good that we have, everything that we can um, boast about that protects us came from God's hand. You know, the breath of this each morning to wake up and to be able to work and to produce, um, the ability to think clearly, to be able to work, that comes from God too. And so, that's something that, that I just felt God just saying, you know, just highlighting of how important it is for us to realize um, just who the glory is for and how we do that is, you know, with our words, right, that come out of our mouth, but it starts in our hearts, right? And there's a great verse, another Psalm 1914 that says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Isn't that awesome? And, and that's, that's something that um, the Lord uh, is, is really, you know, looking for people that would shift their attention from ourselves and the glory we try to get for ourselves to, to God's glory. And there's a, another verse that, that um, I wanted to share with you from John 4.23. And it says, um, and this is, he's speaking to the Samaritan woman. He says, but the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And you probably have heard that, that worship um, is, is um, you know, to bring sacrifice, right, of offering to him, worship. And, and the reason why it's a sacrifice is because there's a war that's happening between our flesh, right, um, our thoughts of what we want to do, what we feel like doing, and, and God. And, and it's something that, that is, is difficult, and that's why it is a sacrifice, because, you know, I think one of the biggest battle, one of the big, biggest battlegrounds is our mind. And even in worship, it's so easy to be distracted by, you know, a variety of things. And as we start worshiping, all of a sudden our mind starts thinking, you know, what am I going to eat for lunch? I'm starting to get hungry <laughs> or, you know, whatever. There's so many different things, right? Um, but, but that focusing our mind on the one that is worthy of praise is just so powerful. And I want to share um, another Another verse with you. Um, 
This is uh, from John 14, 13. It says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And so this is like really exciting. This is really cool. This is an invitation to ask God, ask, ask God, ask a Father in Jesus' name that he would get the praise. And so it's something, I think sometimes we limit ourselves with, with just things that we ask God, but when we align with his heart, and, you know, oftentimes we, you know, we, we limit what God wants to do because we think that God is like us, right? But when we think and say, man, God, God knows everything. He has an answer to every question that I have. He has a perfect plan. He knows what is in the future. And so when we align our, our thoughts to say, Lord, what is on your mind? What are the good plans that you want me to walk in? And also, how can I turn my prayers to things that bring you glory? And, and I just want to encourage everyone today to just think about that in case you, I mean, some of you I know are, are praying and asking God that way, but it's something that, that's... Um, it's, it's been a challenge for me, but it's very easy, you know, and we, we worship God, we bring him praise and glory and song, um, but every day, like in that lifestyle, just saying, Lord, how can I give you glory? And I think sometimes uh, for me, it's just when I'm thinking of something, how can I exalt myself? How am I going to look? The Holy Spirit just, you know, prompts me and I'm like, all right, let me, I think of just this light, this radiant light, the glory of God, and I'm just like, God, I want you to receive the glory. And I feel that, that this also, I'm just going to wrap it up, um, is, is part of another component of what, what Travis was sharing about when you feel so loved, right? it changes, changes your life and it allows you to live with that freedom. But also, when you take the focus off yourself and trying to get that glory, right? That protecting yourself and then boasting about it versus recognizing who the one that deserves all the glory is, and that's God. That it just frees us up more for what God wants to do in individual relationships and in our life as well. And so, that's what I want to share. And I'll just um, really quickly you know, wrap up with the prayer. But ah, Heavenly Father, we, we, just, we just thank you, Lord, for the realization that, that you are our protector. And Lord, we ask you for forgiveness for all the ways in which, which we have tried to find other things that protect us and give us that security those things that, that we have anchored ourselves to that are only shifting sand. Lord, we want you to be the shield of all of our life. Lord, our financial life, our emotions, Lord, our thoughts. Lord, Lord of all, like we were singing. And we ask you that we would be able to accept that invitation from Jesus to say, ask anything in my name, and I will do it, that the Father would be glorified in the Son. And Lord, we want to, Lord, live in just the newness of what you have for us and live in this powerful, amazing place of being able to live for something greater, your eternal kingdom, that we get to start representing here on earth. And Lord, we also ask you that in relationships, in our conversations, Lord, we always are asking ourselves, are you going to get the glory through this? And we praise you and thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Lord, for these talented men who know how to speak. Now I want to introduce the one and only Paul Noble, who's going to give our message this morning. Hey, good morning. How are you guys this morning? All right. Hey, that was awesome worship this morning. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, I got a, 
during worship, I had this, the clear, I mean, it was super clear, this picture of Jesus, and he was in this kingly, his kingly robes. I mean, they're real heavy, and, and he was just going to town, like up here. He was dancing, and, um, and then uh, he was just having like so much fun, like worshiping with us. It's kind of weird, because we're worshiping him, you know, and, um, but he was just so happy. And I just felt like he wanted to encourage us as a body. He loves it when we come together and we just pour out our worship over him. It just brings him so much joy. And, um, and then I saw him like, he kind of like, he kind of just kind of levitated up high like this. Uh, and, then, um, and then you guys started singing, we lift you high. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so I want to encourage you guys, uh, you know, you might not think you, we're just singing simple songs here, but we're touching heaven when we worship together. And, uh, and it brings him great joy. And uh, I really believe that in the coming days, more and more, I mean, we're, that, you know, that, that prayer kind of target that we've been hitting uh, that Jesus would be so real in our meetings that there would be a rumor that Jesus is in our house. You know, the Mark II thing that we've been kind of going after. I think it's just going to come through our worship. I think as we like continue just to pursue him in our worship. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys that let's keep going, you know. So thank you, worship team. Everything you guys are just leading us into, it's awesome. Um, so this morning... <clears throat> I feel like uh, I'm supposed to kind of go, I was telling Travis, it's like, what you got? And I was like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm supposed to go into teacher mode a little bit this morning. Um, who was here, like, uh, I guess it was the New Year's Sunday. Do you, do you guys remember New Year's Sunday of this year? And we were kind of sharing, people were sharing a little bit about what the Lord was doing this year. Does anybody remember? Yeah. Do you guys remember the, the scripture kind of, that uh, the Lord was kind of speaking over specifically. Anybody remember it? What's that? You're too far back. I know. Hey, I'm with you. I'll give you a hint. Three, three, three. Yeah, Jeremiah thirty-three, three. Um, you know, I really feel like this is a a, a year for us to walk into this invitation for you guys who don't know Jeremiah 33 3 says it is call to me God's talking to us he's saying call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty or the other translation could be unsearchable things that you do not know and this is a year cool thing like uh I've heard others <clears throat> kind of share this same thing so so we're not like completely off here Jeremiah 33, 3, this is a year to hear from the Lord, for us to call to him and hear him in new ways that you've never heard from him before. He wants to show us great and unsearchable things that we do not know. And uh, I felt like the Lord gave us uh, a kind of a key to kind of go after this um, this year, something practical that we can actually do to align ourselves and to actually you know, call to him. Because how many of you guys know, like, what does that actually mean? What, it, what does it actually look like to call to him and let him answer us and show us great and mighty things? You know, there's a, a positioning that we can, there's practical things that we can do to position ourselves to receive. And I feel like one of those things is praying a simple prayer uh, in Ephesians 1.17. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to go through this this morning. And I just kind of want to break it down a little bit because this is something that we can practically be doing to pursue what God wants to do in our lives, in our community this year. All right. So let's turn there. Ephesians 1.17. I'm going to read through verse 21 here. I keep asking that the Lord the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. Amen. That's a powerful prayer. And uh, I feel like the Lord's saying, this is a tool for you guys, for me, this year, that we can be practically praying this thing and receive from him this invitation of intimacy, really, to know, to, to, for him to show us great and mighty things, things that we don't know, unsearchable things, that he wants us to actually live from this place of revelatory knowledge. Instead of, uh, you know, you know, we in the, in, our, in the West, in the Western culture, we value education, we value knowledge, and all that stuff's good. But there's a, a, a shifting that I believe needs to take place in the church where we are relying less and less on necessarily knowledge gained through uh, intellectual study and that we move more and live from a place of more revelatory, revelatory knowledge gained in our intimacy and our relationship with Jesus. The whole, the whole, whole world's going to change when we walk in this, I'm telling you. Now, we do walk in this in part, obviously, you know, we... But, but there is like a tendency for our flesh to always want to kind of go to what we know and, and what we've gained in our own strength. And there's a, a reliance that the Lord wants to take us where we're actually, we're leaning in and we're living in this intimate relationship, this intimate dialogue that we have with the Father. And that when we're, we're actually praying without ceasing, throughout the, our day, every single day, at work, with our family, and we're constantly receiving a stream of information and intelligence from the ultimate intelligence. And that we actually live from this place by faith. Because I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to tell us things that are going to be contrary to what we hear with these natural ears and what we see with these natural eyes. Because that's really the battle, isn't it? God just told you to do something crazy. That's not God. That's crazy. Because that's not what the world around me is saying. That's not like he wants me to pray for that sick person there, but I prayed for that person already, and they're still sick. I, that's crazy. I don't want to go pray for that person. <laughs> I already prayed for him. Because we're judging things with our natural eyes and our natural ears instead of actually making judgments based on what his voice is telling us in this intimate dialogue that we have with him. Does that make sense? So how do we, okay, well, that's great, Paul. That's, you know, great in theory, but how do we actually practically do this? So I want to go through this, this prayer here uh, and kind of break it down a little bit because uh, there's a lot of, like, meat here, Okay. And I'm really only going to be able to go through, gosh, hardly any of this. <laughs> there might be a part two to this one, but we're going to start this, all right? Um, so right off the bat, I want, to, I want to encourage you, and I've talked to you guys about this over and over again, praying the word of God is powerful. First and foremost, because we know it is, it is the will of God. And if we're praying the will of God, we have faith that he's going to answer it, right? So... That's why I encourage you guys, when we pray this prayer, first and foremost, we know it is the will of God for you to be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that you would know him better. It is the will of God. So you can actually pray this prayer with confidence that he's going to answer it. This is important. I know this sounds very simple, but if you pray without believing, you're not going to receive 
He said, pray and believe that you've received it, right? So when we pray this prayer, we can pray with confidence because it is the inerrant word of God. It is his will. So when I pray, God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation, I can also thank him. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you've given me. Does that make sense? You can actually believe what you're praying. So we can pray this for ourselves. We can pray this for others because obviously the Apostle Paul, he was praying for the church of Ephesus who were Christians already. He was praying for them to give, be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation. All right. So we know God's going to answer this prayer if we pray it. All right. Step one. Verse 17 at the very beginning. What does it say? What are the first three words? These are important words. This is very important. I keep asking. He didn't say, I'm praying once and it's done. He's saying, I keep asking. That is a continual over and over and over. He is praying this prayer over the Ephesians church over and over and over and over and over again. I keep asking. Does this remind you guys of anything? What have we been talking about for the past two months? <laughs> this is the test. <laughs> this is the pop quiz. Ask. Yes. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Margaret. Ask. Luke 11, Luke 18. We've been talking about this over the past couple months here. There is a consistency in our prayer that... God wants from us to bring breakthrough. And it's like the persistent widow. widow. You mean, listen to the podcast. Travis spoke on it one week. I spoke on the same message the second week. <laughs> um, you know, there is a consistency in our prayer that brings breakthrough. And this, I'm telling you, is key to everything. If you pray this prayer once and that's it, you're probably not going to see it happen. But if you keep on asking, keep on knocking, the door will open to you. Luke eleven nine. 9. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking. You know, the actual translation of Luke eleven nine 9 is not just, hey, you ask once. It's ask and keep on asking and it shall be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Knock, and keep on knocking, and the door shall be open to you. For everyone who, who asks and keeps on asking receives. He who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. And him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, evil as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask for it? All right, that's an amplified version of that, but... Are you seeing, seeing this pattern here? There's, and we talked about, listen to the podcast, there's a faith that is born in this pursuit. And it's, it's actually a showing God that we value the things of God when we go after them. And it's actually preparing us and our character to receive the blessing and to be able to use it for his glory. Character is built when we ask and keep on asking. Seek and seek on, keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Because if we received what God wants to give us in its fullness at this point, it would probably destroy our church. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth here. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we believe that God initiated through all the words that we received, through the Derek Prince word and all that kind of, it would probably destroy our, our little church. But God is incrementally, incrementally, is that the word? Yeah. Incrementally coming 
His presence is coming stronger and stronger every Sunday. Have you guys been noticing that? Thank you, Lord. Now, if he showed up in his fullness of what he wants to at the end of this thing, we'd probably be just like, who knows? We would probably blow up. I mean, the church, we just wouldn't be ready for it. And I can go into all of our church fathers and the history of revival. Um, I just I, I was just studying a little bit on uh, John Wesley and um, incredible move of God that came through his ministry. And there was such a time of preparation for when it actually, when, when the outpouring came, he was able to handle it. Now, did he do everything perfect? Of course not, or human or whatever. But like God prepared him through this asking, seeking, and knocking. When Frank Bartleman and William Seymour, when they were seeking for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the Azusa Street Revival, there was a, a very concentrated time of preparation. When Charles Finney and Brother Nash, when they were bringing the presence of God throughout New England during the, uh, the Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening, there was a preparation and prayer that took place, which created a character within them to be able to handle the incredible power of God and the love of God, his presence. So, you know, God doesn't want to blow us up. <laughs> He's preparing us for this. He's creating a hunger within us. And he's creating character for us to be able to handle it. He's building our relationships. Because this move of God that God wants to do here in Wilmington, in eastern North Carolina, it is going to be contained and sustained through our relationships with one another. It's going to increase and it's going to be sustained through it. It's Ephesians 2.22. You guys know my favorite verse. Well, one of my favorite verses. He's building us together like living stones to contain the presence of the Holy Spirit where God is in our midst, where there is a rumor that Jesus is in our midst wherever we go. I'm not talking about just Sunday morning in this building. When we get together for coffee, when we get together at home group, when we get together at worship team, when, we, when we're at work, or where, where we're carrying the manifest presence of God and it is affecting everything and everybody around us, whether they know it or not. Gosh, I, I'm sorry, I'm going off a little bit of rabbit trail here. But, um, but this, is what we're, this is what we're after. This is, this is what he's preparing us for. And um, this persistence. So Shane, thank you. I keep asking, right? <laughs> keep asking. It is the key. It's persistence and prayer that brings breakthrough, brings character for us to receive the promise and the blessing that we would actually be able to distribute it in a healthy way to one another and through our community. All right. So... Um, so let's move on down. So I keep asking that the Lord of our God, Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So he's praying that we, that we and when we pray this, we're praying that the glorious Father would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Who or what is the spirit of, revela uh, spirit of wisdom and revelation? Holy Spirit, yeah, simply put, it's the Holy Spirit. Um, I know it's, I might be simplifying this thing, but, but we got to know this stuff. Some of you guys don't, Spirit, was that some kind of weird kind of anointing or some kind of thing that kind of, no, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, in Isaiah 11, it talks about the sevenfold Holy Spirit, right? You know, the Holy Spirit has, there's different facets, there's seven facets to the Holy Spirit. And one of those, and those facets is uh, wisdom and revelation. That he can come to us with wisdom and revelation. Sometimes he comes as the counselor. 
Sometimes he comes at the spirit of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, you know, the sevenfold Holy Spirit. So right now he's specifically asking for Holy Spirit to come in the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And this is key because this is, this is talking about um, when it goes on, it says, I give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Some translations say in the knowledge of him. So this isn't a head knowledge and wisdom, this revelation from the Holy Spirit. It's not head knowledge. It's not something that you study diligently through scriptures and you're, you're reading all the commentaries and you're, you know, now it can come through you doing that act. I don't want to discount that at all because I read commentaries. I read lots of books, you know, but like we're actually leaning into the Holy Spirit to give us revelation. A, uh, that's something that's not kind of, I know this sounds weird, but it's like, it's like not necessarily deduced in our brain. It's something that is given to us by grace. You know, everything that we receive from the kingdom is, right, by grace through faith, right? So revelation, when we see revelation from, from God, it is by grace. We don't earn it. This should give some of you guys uh, reassurance and peace and encouragement. You don't earn this. You don't earn revelation from God. You don't, you, you can't. It's not how good you prayed. It's not how many times, you know, you, or how many times you did or didn't sin that day or whatever. It is solely based on grace. And this is awesome because guess what? When you get it, you can't brag about it. It's like, I don't know. It just kind of popped in my head. I just got it. It wasn't me. I didn't earn it. I didn't go get a degree to kind of learn all this stuff. I just spent time with Jesus, and he showed me this thing. It was him. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that's what he wants to give us. And he wants to give us revelatory knowledge that is not earned through book study, but it can come through that. Like you could be reading some commentary, and the Holy Spirit can be just like kind of break it down and drop revelation. So I'm not saying don't read commentaries or don't read scripture, you know, the Bible, obviously, the Bible, you know, don't read, you know, I'm not saying that, okay? But I'm, what I am saying is don't look for revelation in that alone, okay? But as you read it, be asking Holy Spirit, keeping that dialogue open. And we talked about this, you know, when we were talking about studying scripture, keeping the dialogue open with the Holy Spirit. As you're reading, Holy Spirit, I don't understand what this is. Open this up for me. Speak to me. Teach me. Okay? So it's a, a revelation is a spiritual unveiling. I mean, you literally, it's there. The truth of God, the revelatory knowledge of God is there, but it's like when the Holy Spirit gives it to you and reveals it to you, it's like literally like just like a curtain was just opened up and there it is. It's an unveiling. And this, this revelation that you receive from the Holy Spirit, it produces change in our life and those around us. And this is really cool. It should be encouraging for some of you guys. God can make, you know, the most simplest person wise through revelation given by the Holy Spirit. You could be like, maybe not the straight A student. You, you might be like, uh, maybe not the, you weren't the best at school or all this other stuff. But it doesn't matter. What did, what did, uh, who did Jesus choose when he chose his disciples? Regular people. What did the Pharisees say about them when they came before them and they started giving revelation about who Jesus is? Unlearned. That's right. So that should give some of us encouragement. We don't have like all these letters after our name, you know, um, that you don't need to be like the smartest guy in the room. You just need to be the closest guy to, to the Lord in the room. And out of that intimacy with him, he will reveal to you, you will have access to the intelligence of God. And you can know things by grace, through faith, that you couldn't earn, that the smartest guy in the universe could not figure out, that the Einsteins of our world could not figure out. The God of the universe of, who is the most intelligent being in the universe, created everything, you have a 
secret. You've got the, the, the presidential phone line to him at any moment in your, in your day. And that he can reveal to you things that you don't, uh, uh, great and mighty unsearchable things you do not know. Isn't that awesome? All right. So this revelatory knowledge is more than just, I'm going to wrap this up. We, yeah, we're definitely going to have to have a part two on this one. I've got too many notes on this. But this is important. I, I, this really is important for us to get this. And I'm talking to myself here too. You know that um, there's a difference, and we talked a little bit about it. We've been talking about it for years now, but you know, even recently, uh, Travis was talking about it um, about the love of God. You know, when he was sharing about, you know, we have this head knowledge. There's a difference here between the revelation and head knowledge. There's a head knowledge that everybody knows that God loves you, right? We know it in our head. You go out on the street, you go to Walmart, and you say, hey, you know God loves you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know God loves me. Yet, we look at some of the people who say they know God loves them, but their life does not reflect a knowledge of God that God loves them by any means. So where's the disconnect? Where's the disconnect? They don't experientially know this. There's a head knowledge, but there's no experience of this knowledge in their life, practically in their life. But see, that's what the spirit of wisdom and revelation does. He comes and he makes real Jesus. He takes what is his, what is Jesus, and he gives it to us. He reveals to us Jesus. He shows us Jesus. He makes it real in a revelatory way. So it's like not only do you like know the love of God in your head, but you have an experiential knowledge. There's actually like fruit to you actually knowing. And I've shared this uh, a while back. You know, this happened uh, to me, just an example of this. I remember I knew that if you had asked me if God loved me, I would have said, oh, of course I, I know God loves me. This is in, yeah, I read it in scripture. The Bible tells me so, right? We know we all sing that song, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, right? But I had no experiential knowledge of it. Otherwise, my life would have been totally different. It would have looked totally different. I would have behaved in a totally different way. And I remember uh, I shared this a while back with some of you guys. Uh, I was, remember I was in the, my college dorm, and... Um, me and my buddies, I was just learning to play guitar. We're chunking away guitar, like songs, and we were just going after God. You know, we are just worshiping God. It was probably terrible, but who cares? God didn't care. And, uh, and people would be coming. You know, people would hear us worship, and, our, you know, we'd be in the dorms, and people would come, and they'd worship. With us. It was awesome. And then when the crowd cleared, I'm just standing there. I'm just, like, playing with, there with the Lord, and the Lord just says, you know, come, you know, hey, just pray in the Spirit real quick. I just heard this little faint, praying in the spirit. So I just got on my knees. I'm just, I'm just praying in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, this presence of God falls on me in such a way, it, it pins me to the ground, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> like, ah! I'm like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> I was burning. I was on fire. I'm telling you, I was sweating. I just felt like fire all over me. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, what are you doing? Are you killing me? <laughs> and he said, Paul, this is a incy, teensy, wincy little bit of how much I love you. I was like, oh my gosh. God, you're killing me, and you're only giving me this teeny, teeny, tiny bit of your love for me? How much is your love for me? Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what, my, my brain was blown. <laughs> my mind was blown. The grid for God's love was transformed my life. I was a different person after that. I walked differently. 
because I had an experiential knowledge by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The Holy Spirit was initiating this. And he was putting like flesh to this truth, if that makes sense. That I was experientially knowing that I was loved by my Father in heaven. And I'll tell you what, I was different. You can ask Heather. Heather knew me back then. <laughs> this is in college. My, it actually even tr it changed parts of my personality. That's how powerful the love of God is for us. And guess what? The cool thing about that prayer that, you know, Travis was sharing is that, like, keep praying this prayer. Keep experiencing the width, the depth, the height, the, the, I'm, I'm gonna, all the dimensions, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got lost there. <laughs> but we will never get to the end of his love for us. We, will, we can experience levels and depths and heights of it over and over and over again. And we are meant to because it will transform us. And we will actually believe we're sons and we're daughters. And we will walk in an authority and a love and a power that the world has never seen. Or maybe they saw in Pentecost and they see glimpses throughout the, the generations. This is important. It all comes by the Holy Spirit. We need to become more dependent and aware and intimate with the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. He is our paraclete, the Bible says. He comes alongside. He shows us Jesus. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to shift gears. I need to wrap this thing up because we got other stuff we got to do today, right? One of my favorite chapters in, in Scripture, John 16, it talks about Jesus is talking to his disciples before he goes, I have much more to say to you, much more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will, he will not speak on his own, but he will speak of what he hears and he will tell you what is to come and he will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is taking what is Jesus what is, what is Jesus's, and he's giving it to us. He's revealing to us who Jesus is. He is putting flesh to the person of Jesus in our lives. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, way back when, Jesus became so real to me. That was the most profound part of that, that time with the Lord was I knew Jesus was real more than anything else. The Holy Spirit wants to do that in our lives. He wants to make Jesus real, tangible, intimate in our lives. He wants to make Jesus so real to you that he, it's just Jesus isn't just this concept or this kind of invisible God that we pray to, but, but that you have this intimate, relational, experiential knowledge of him. So we need Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want this more than we do. It is your assignment. That is why you're here on earth, to make Jesus known, to reveal Jesus. So if this is, we're, we'll break this down more uh, later in uh, the, the month and so, but but if this is your heart, if you guys want this, I want to, I want to invite you this morning. We're just gonna, we're gonna do put, you know, feet to to this. We're gonna actually do what, like, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying that we should be doing. And just keep on asking and literally praying this prayer. Okay, so if this is you, I encourage you. Like, uh, I don't know, what should we do? Well, stand. If this is you, stand. If you feel like that, you want this that you want more spirit of wisdom and revelation in your life, just make a stand. Say, Lord, I'm going after you. I'm going after this. I want to know you more intimately. I want to know you more uh, closer than any other man. I want to know you. 
So I'm going to pray this over you guys and just come in agreement with it. All right? So, Lord and Father, I keep asking, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, glorious Father, you may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. Not only us, Lord, that you would, you would give us the ability to help others know you better experientially. That there would be an anointing on our lives that, Lord, wherever we go, that we would bring Jesus and that people would come to experientially know Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, flooded with light, in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, that we would know the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people. And Lord, we would know your incomparably great power for us who believe that same power, that mighty strength that you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, his, at your right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but in the one to come. We want to know this Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we're asking, and we're going to keep on asking. We're going to keep on knocking. We're going to go after this, Lord. We want to know you. We want to experientially know you. So Holy Spirit, right now, I pray even right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just come upon my brothers and sisters. Father, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. So I pray even this week, Lord, as we spend time with you, as we get alone with you, that you would come in a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You'd reveal your heart. You would show us what you're thinking about. You would show us who you're thinking about. You would show us who and what you're doing and what you want us to partner with in that person's life. That we would see the kingdom of God coming everywhere in our lives, in the everyday, mundane, in our jobs, at school, at church, at home group, at Starbucks that we would walk in this in a greater measure. Holy Spirit, we need you, we want you, we love you.